Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Friday, November 11th, the 11th day, the 11th hour of the 11th month on Veterans Day for World War I. In this episode, Mike is still on hiatus, but he will be back for the World Cup and avoiding of hurricanes. We'll discuss this week's fixtures, the Carabao Cup results and draw, and finally, some World Cup snubs. But first, let us jump into the Carabao Cup results. Oh, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite tournaments. It matters if you win. It doesn't matter if you don't. It's a it's a litmus test. It doesn't matter if you lose. It matters if you win. You can create whatever you want. It's the it's the Derek Jeter of uh, of 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 tournaments where you can make it be whatever you want it to be. Friends from the Premier League, here we go from Tuesday. Bournemouth defeat Everton 4-1. What the hell are you doing, Frank Lampard? Did you just give up the GOAT? It looks like you didn't play many people, but nobody played anybody. So, yeah, not much in the way of regular uh, full-timers. Some mixed results. So, Everton lose. They're out. Bournemouth are through. Brentford lose to Gillingham, famous for playing Manchester City. 6-5 on penalty after a 1-1 draw. Leicester County defeat the ever-thorny Newport County, but that's at Leicester. Newport County, usually more famous for having its terrible uh, road uh, thing. My boys in Burnley, they defeat Crawley Town. Wolves defeat Leeds, so they get through. And Arsenal lose to Brighton. Brighton were really good in this game. Fulham down a man defeat Tottenham 2-0. Southampton, without Hasenhutl, get through against... Sheffield Wednesday, 6-5 on penalties. And a 10-9 result, Blackburn Rovers defeat West Ham. David Moyes, not happy. City win, Cruz easily in the biggest game, quote-unquote heavyweight game of Manchester City. Two, Chelsea, nil. Newcastle in a nil-nil draw against Palace, win 3-2 on penalties. Liverpool, somehow, nil-nil versus Derby County. Woof. Uh, They get through 3-3. Kelleher, the backup goalkeeper for Liverpool, has six penalty shootout wins in 14 starts. <laughs> Crazy stuff. And man, and United, second half lunatic asylum win 4-2 against the great and powerful Aston Villa and Unai Emery. Now, this tournament is weird. It only exists to use floodlights. It's the only country that uses them. But wait until you hear when the next round is. The next round will be played on December 20th. The week after the World Cup final, so teams just getting back together, and a week before, or a few days before, the Premier League begins again. Now, this normally would be incredible and fun, but we have a City versus Liverpool uh, round of 16 game. Neither of those teams are going to play anybody. That's the only um, matchup of note Burnley, Man United. I could see Burnley winning that game because Burnley are really good, but it's at Old Trafford. And then there's no other real um, Premier League matchups except for Newcastle-Bournemouth, which could be a fun game. But, you know, like I said, so many World Cup players. So EFL Cup results and where we are doesn't mean anything on the narrative front. A little bit of Graham Potter, what are you doing? They lost again. Um, A little bit of, hey, Arsenal, they lost again. But this one didn't bother. This is more of a positive for the Zerbi. And then um, the rest of them, you know, just just 
things serving as is no real whoop for the EFL Cup. It's a nice trophy to win. I think the Spurs loss is probably the most important. It goes into the narrative of Spurs don't win trophies. This is the first trophy of the year that they're out of. So the joke is on from the Arsenal fans. Spurs now on 6,000 days since their last trophy. Haven't won a trophy since 2008 when they won this indeed <gasps> EFL Cup. So it's 2008, and then I think that 81 FA Cup Spurs are in a major drought. They could win a trophy, but uh, I don't think it's going to be this season. But we'll see where they are. Wow. That is the Carabao EFL Cup. Only country that does it. Very strange uh, thing to have. Remember, the 20th is when it resumes. No one's going to care about that. Let's see where we are with the Premier League. So what we have, we have games tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go through, I'll go through the schedule. No, I won't go through the schedule. You can figure it out. I'll just try and find a big game for the week. It's really just a couple of narrative games here. Chelsea at 9.30 tomorrow, 12.30 Eastern, have to go to Newcastle and try and get a result. This is a massive game for Potter and how. I think Newcastle can drop this game and they'll feel okay. They're not supposed to be in the top four. But for Chelsea, this is a moment. They have got to find a way to get a result. A draw would be good, honestly. They have to play better. I think what's happening with Potter and um, to what's happening with Potter right now is the early results were good. He had more players, but it seemed Kepa had gotten hot and that was the big change he made. And Kepa was keeping them in games. The Champions League went well, so they got through their group no problem after some of the Tuchel stuff was sputtering. But now the injuries are really becoming a problem for Chelsea, uh, especially because of the way the team was designed. The team was designed with the wingbacks to be the creative fulcrum the way that Liverpool are, where the fullbacks are play high, cross balls in the box and pick up runners. I think Raheem Sterling was specifically brought in to be a wide player who would make runs into the box and have Chilwell or Reese James get balls onto his feet. And that's not working because that player doesn't exist. Reese James is out, going to miss the World Cup. Chilwell's out, he's going to miss the World Cup. So they're starting wingbacks who are supposed to provide the creativity and the balls that go into the box are missing. And so Chelsea have this massive problem of they've got these players that are all the same, very much on the ball, carrying players, carrying by that they're players that have the ball at their feet and run into places. So Havertz is is a finisher, one touch around the corner guy. Mason Mount is an everywhere, all action runner and defender. You can play him anywhere. Good with a free kick good at getting into the box, a good striker of the ball. Pulisic is a dribbler who gets by people, um, but they don't have a natural creator from the middle of the park. There's no Fabregas. There's no Ozil. There's no De Bruyne. There's no Odegaard. There's no Firmino to a lesser extent. There's no player like that on this team. No Buendia. These types of no no Madison, no Gimoresh. Gimoresh lesser extent. There's no player like that on the team 
There's no player. There's no player like that on the team who does that. And they need that player in order to unleash some of their strikers. And that's what's missing from the team. They cannot create anything. Once you block up their attacking third, there just isn't a player to unlock and get the ball onto people. Now, this City game, they didn't play bad. I mean, they lost to City in the Carabao Cup. They had chances. Pulisic mixed two, et cetera, et cetera. But Newcastle come into this on a high. This will be the game I'm following most. Uh, the the um, St. James's Park will be rocking. We'll see if Almiron has another goal in him. He's on seven straight. You know, they're just incredible right now, and they're catching Chelsea at the right time. But as much as I love Potter, I'm worried for him. Um, Chelsea's different gravy to being at Brighton. You can't lose. You can't go five and six unbeaten. I mean, uh, winless. They're on two draws, two losses, and now this Carabao Cup loss. If they continue to fail, they will drop points and furl further back. Their goal difference is dropping. They're just not good. They're just missing players. One of the narratives that's coming up for Chelsea is they had a bad window. They spent something like almost a quarter of a billion dollars, and they really don't have anything to show for it. You know, it was Koulibaly, Kukurela. They let Werner go, Aubameyang. You know, there's not much. Oh, uh, Raheem Sterling. There's not much on the pitch to show for what they spent. And that money was spent with one coach in mind, and now they have a different coach. So it's all disjointed, and they had a bad window. And Bowley got taken to the cleaners. And I said this, and I will say it again. Anyone who thought that Raheem Sterling was going to score 15 to 20 goals is out of their mind. He was not a goal scorer. He's not a goal scorer. He is a good runner. He is a good space getter. He is a good player to get on the end of things. But if no one's putting them on the end of the things, he's not going to create goals for himself. And he doesn't create things for other players. He's a luxury player. And he was a player that was made to look good by City. There's a reason. There's a reason City let him go. <laughs> he's not He's not that good. Uh, he's not getting on the end of things. And he's definitely not the one worth the money they spend on him. Uh, other games... City at home versus Brentford. I have much, much less to worry about here. Holland should be fine. I can't imagine City, after they played a game where they were down a man, will, you know, feel like somebody is on a hiding. City at home, not a problem. Also, Liverpool at home to Southampton. New manager bounce. Don't know uh, what that'll happen. The win probability here is 70% for Liverpool. Not so concerned about that. Just again, that new manager bounce. We have a new friend in the Premier League. Ralph Hasenhutl has been fired. And um, the coach of Luton Town has taken over for Southampton. This might be his first game. I Just let me just track down his name. Um, just make sure. His name is Nathan Jones. He comes from Luton Town. Young manager. It's good. He's English. He did a good job with Luton. Very similar very similar path to Eddie Howe, where he had Luton, got them up, did really well, 
went to a bigger club in the championship, went to Stoke, didn't go well at Stoke, and then he came back to Luton and and, and got them in the playoffs last season for the championship. Yeah, as you know, I follow the championship. Uh, similar to Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe moved things along with Bournemouth. People don't know this, but he did go on to Burnley, failed at Burnley, and went back to Bournemouth, and then took them off. And now he's at Newcastle. So it's good to see a new coach. It's good to see someone interesting. Nathan Jones, I don't know much about him, uh, and we'll see what he does. You know, Hassan Hoodle was old and very much of the Red Bull variety. I think it's good. Uh, I don't. Ex- I think this makes things difficult for Southampton. It'll be their first game. We'll see what they come back with. Should be interesting. Um, uh, uh, should be interesting there. Other games of note: Tottenham play Leeds. This is a dangerous game for Tottenham. Uh, they're at home. They're coming off a loss in the Carabao Cup and a loss at home against Liverpool, two one. They are they are only have one win in the last four with losing three out of the last four. So this is a vendor punked. You'd expect them to beat Leeds, but Leeds are going to come with force, and they're going to force Tottenham to play. And while Leeds might make mistakes and Harry Kane might get in behind and this might be easy, this is also a game where if Spurs are passive, they could get embarrassed. And especially if they're not going to play football and they're going to try and wait a half before they start, it could be tough for them. Now, granted, Leeds are bad on set pieces. Spurs are great. But that still means you have to be in the attacking third. So Spurs need to show that they've got something a little bit extra here. Uh, Arsenal play Wolves. Wolves will have Lopetegui after the World Cup. So it's just one more lame duck game. Wolves, Arsenal. Uh, you'd expect Arsenal to pull this one out. Not a problem. And then United play Fulham at Craven Cottage. I do not rate Arsenal of um, United to win this game. This has draw written all over it. United have been laboring a little bit. Yes, they're playing well. Their results are okay. Yes, they did lose to to Villa last week, but that was kind of a fluke. It was kind of an energy game. They're currently sitting at minus one for the season, which is just nuts. Um, They're just not scoring enough, uh, United. But, you know, they're muddling through, sitting in fifth. They need to get the results going again. This is a game where they could do well, but Fulham is, in terms of quality and what they've created, I think this is about an equal matchup especially Fulham at home. I know that I like to kill United and I make jokes and all these things, but the fact of the matter is, you know, Fulham are a real team. They were the best team in the championship. They set records for goals. They set were near records for points. And that has translated to the Premier League with a little bit of additions. Paulinha, very good. Mitrovic, I'm assuming will be back. Maybe they'll rest him one more game. And if he does, that changes things. But Fulham, United have a game on their hand Sunday morning to handle that game. So I'm not saying that Fulham are going to win, just that that's not an easy game. So let's go through it. Uh, Any games I've missed, Bournemouth-Everton also on Saturday. Um, Bournemouth wheels coming off a little bit. They have not been winning of late. But, you know, Everton haven't been playing well either. I would say away from home. Everton against Bournemouth, 
There's not that much between them, sadly. Um, I think Everton's such a weird team. You want more from them. Their issue is they can't score goals. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mope and and his wipes came with him from Brighton to Everton. He's not scoring. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is hurt again. And it's just tough for Everton to generate anything, especially when Gary O'Neill has this team fighting. Keep an eye on Billings for Brighton. He's a great player in the midfield. He scores a worldy a week. He's six foot five and he plays in the midfield. And if you can get him on the ball at the top of the box, he'll hammer you. And then they, you know, they have the giant striker from Wales. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you know, Gary O'Neill has this game, has this team moving in the right direction, and I like them a lot. I I expect a draw as just a standard kind of thing that would happen there. So Everton. Uh, West Ham, Leicester, two teams going in different directions. Leicester playing well now. (laughs) Uh, West Ham sputtering. David Moyes is having a hard time incorporating his more attacking flair players into his side. He had, you know, Moyes did great with the counterattacking of Bowen and Antonio with Fornals. But now he can't seem to incorporate Paqueta and 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 some Skamaka. He doesn't have a way to play when teams are like, you guys want to hit us on the break? Um, we'll just wait. Now, Leicester are a front foot team. This is a perfect game for West Ham to play. They can beat uh, Leicester City if Leicester City are going to come on to them. They'll just play on the break and they can go back to their normal ways. But... Uh, West Ham are a little bit funky. This is a 14 versus 15. They're all on 14. The whole league is within like two points of each other. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. So no one's cut adrift, which is good. You know, like I said, everyone is always two games away, two wins in a row from from being back in the saddle. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to keep an eye on that game. I think it's a good one. Uh, Forest host Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are just so much better than the rest of these kind of teams. You know I love them. Uh, Forrest had a heartbreaking draw when they had the game won. Uh, sorry, Brentford had a heartbreaking draw when they had the game won. And Forrest need points. They're the only team sitting on the bottom. Listen, Palace aren't perfect. They can be gotten at. But uh, we'll see what happens here. Palace with Zaha and Elise and Eze still firing on all cylinders. And I think uh, Steve Coop. Steve Cook, Steve Cooper, Steve Cooper, is that the Nottingham Forest manager? <laughs> I forget every other day. They, they all these generic white guy names. They're all the same. Yes, Steve Cooper. He um, he still doesn't know what his best eleven is. There are a few players that seem to show up in every game. Henderson, McKenna, Johnson, Nico Williams have been in every game, but the rest of the squad is kind of malleable. Um, Iwoni up front has been in 13 games, but some of them he's come off the bench. Joe Worrell has been in these games. I like Lewis O'Brien a lot. He got a goal in one of their early games, but he's not been playing regularly. He seems to have fallen in love with Morgan's Gibbs-White as a central attacking force. But, you know, what happens there? Uh, Jesse Lingard's given nothing. 
So this team's a bit all over the place. Not sure what you're going to get out of them on a weekly basis. At home, they're definitely tougher. Uh, they've sort of figured out, hey, we can't be attacking people. Let's sit deep and try and hit teams on the break. But still fascinating stuff going on in the league. Now, nobody really cares about this right now because we are hurdling towards the World Cup. Starts on the 22nd, <laughs> which is just insane. Um, we have squads coming in. So let's um, let's start with the U.S. men's national team, see who made the team, who didn't. The big one for the U.S. men's national team is that big key ones that I liked, that I noted, was Tim Ream making the team from Fulham. Big, big move for him. He'd been playing well. He's been doing things and doing a good job being part of the squad. So that's good. Zach Steffen does not make the team. He had been middling at City and now even worse at Middlesbrough on his loan. So that's not worked. And then the other one that people wanted a lot of was Ricardo Pepe and uh, Prefork. They both don't make the team. You know, there's a lot of strikers. You know, uh, uh, Sargent makes the team. The one I don't like that makes the team is Jordan Morris. I just don't understand it. If it was up to me, I would not put anyone who had no ambition to go to Europe on the team because that shows me you don't care. So Jordan Morris and his middle-class um, upbringing, wanting to stay with his dog in Seattle, makes the team. I think that's wrong. I don't think he should make it. So that one worries me. But there's still a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to be happy about. You know, we're in the World Cup. Uh, this will be Pulisic's first, first World Cup, I think. Yeah, he missed the last one. And um, this is his chance. Uh, he has not been good at Chelsea, but he's fringe. Uh, he misses a lot of. He misses a lot here. Um, I think it'll. We'll see. We'll see Matt Turner in goal. Dest will probably play. We've got some MLS guys: Shaq Moore, Aaron Long, um, Anthony Robinson is partnering with Tim Ream. I'd expect them to be in the side. That would be really good. DeAndre Yedlin, the only player with World Cup experience on the on the side, is still playing for Inter Miami, and he makes the team. I don't understand some of these things, but hey, that's not <laughs> that's not for me to understand. I love the Leeds connection with Aronson and Tyler Adams. What can they do? They have to be better than Wales and Iran. Can they be better than Wales and Iran? That's the question. Uh, Iran is. An unknown. It's in Qatar. I don't know if that makes a difference for the Middle Eastern teams. And then Wales is a team that is just much better than their collective. Um, the United States is still one of the is the second youngest team in the World Cup, an average age of twenty five. Still, that's an incredibly useful player, youthful team. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not optimistic about this team. I don't like Greg Borhalter. I haven't seen many great performances, but that could be because of injury. That could be because of this game or that game or competition or what have you. I mean, they're in a group with England. 
and Wales. Those are the two teams they have to compete against. Uh, I follow along England just because of the Premier League, and I'd say, you know, England's big misses are on Ivan Tony not making it. I don't think, I mean, these 26-man rosters are huge. So it's really just players on the fringe. The big ones who made it, James Madison is able to make the team just on form. Harry Maguire makes the team, which still boggles the mind when Dan Byrne doesn't. Now, Southgate has been very much a a loyalty guy. So anyone who was with him in the Euros is going to be there. Basically, no one who was with him in the Euros has been dropped, not one. So it's really just adding, you know, maybe some guys on the edge. Connor Cody's there. Um, but my starting lineup for the English team would be Kane, Foden, Sterling. The midfield of Rice and Bellingham. He likes to play three at the back. So the wingbacks would likely be Trent on one side, Shaw on the other. So that's a good pairing. And then the back three would be Stones, Maguire, Walker. That's how he's played. That's how he should play. But think about that. Or maybe Trippier instead of TAA. So Shaw and Trippier might be the combination. Southgate is the most, he plays five defenders. Five defenders when he has Grealish and, and all these attackers in hand. I just don't understand it. I mean, Declan Rice is, is a defender by nature. He plays a midfield two. I mean, that's a lot to ask of Bellingham. Bellingham is going to have to become the greatest player England has ever seen. I hope that he has that in him because if he joins in the attack, that'll completely change the way uh, England play because he's different from Phillips. Phillips, who's been out all season since he moved from Leeds to United. Phillips is a passer. He would rake the ball wide and play long balls. That's how they would attack. They'd get into the final third through through Phillips hoofing a ball because Declan Rice is not a passer. He's a defender. He's a carrier. Uh, he He's a worker. I'm just glad to see the backside of Henderson. I, if I never see Jordan Henderson again, it'd be too soon. I think he's cooked. Um but we'll see, we'll see what Southgate does. He is an inexplicably poor manager who doesn't make changes, doesn't see the problems in-game. He never seems to adjust. So it, it even goes along with his ideas of like, oh, the same players. Like he, he can't seem to have two thoughts at once. He's very much a Neanderthal, literally. Like he doesn't have multi-threaded thinking. He has to go with, these are the guys this is how we play. Now, could that be because of international football and you don't have work to do? So you just like, I don't want to give these guys anything extra. We just do what we do. That might be effective. But when you're watching a game and England's playing, they're, they make substitutions 15 to 20 minutes too late, almost always. So something that should happen in the 60th minute happens in the 75th. Something that should happen in the 75th minute happens with five minutes to go. It's just shocking. Anyway. Uh, Burhalter less so. Burhalter will make changes, but he gets things wrong, uh, and then his player selection is odd. But you know, I don't know. I don't. I I can't. I have no faith in the international team uh, at all. Um, but Mike's going to come back uh, for Monday, 
and we're going to do World Cup previews. We'll go through every group. We'll set up a a um, a tournament for people to to jump in on. Um, you know, and hopefully when Mike gets back, we can start cruising again. I've really just been trying to fill in and make sure that the podcast keeps going and we still have content and we're still talking about football and we're still doing our thing. Um, but um, it's hard to do these on your own. I don't have any deep hot takes without Mike's hot takes, especially when it comes to uh, to uh, to um, West Ham. But let's go through the schedule one more time. City Brentford first game early tomorrow, the four thirty game. Then all this, all the seven a.m. ten a.m. games: Liverpool, Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton, West Ham, Leicester, Tottenham versus Leeds, New Forest versus Crystal Palace. So we'll have some good goals on action. Then the late games tomorrow are Newcastle, Chelsea at 9.30, 12.30 Eastern, and then Wolves late, 11.30. Oh, we have an extra game, a late game on Saturday. And then the Sunday games are Brighton versus Aston Villa, which I didn't discuss too much, but that's Emery Deserby. Should be a good one Sunday, 6 a.m. And then the late game Sunday is Fulham Man United. And then we have no Premier League football until Boxing Day. So this is it. Say goodbye to your loved ones. This is it. November 13th, the season will stop for six weeks. Six weeks of without Premier League football. Unprecedented. Complete change. Um, we did have some weird news. Sepp Blatter admitted that the uh, World Cup should have never gone to Qatar. I'm like, yeah, no shit. You should have given him back the money and, uh, you know, moved it. <laughs> this whole Winter World Cup is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I hate it. Everyone's playing down like it's normal. This is not normal. This is awful. The World Cup is not in the winter. It is a summertime thing. People are going to drink in the freezing cold outside in England. It's not going to work. Anyway, it's happening. Too late now. Cat's out of the bag, genie's out of the bottle, whatever. But the Premier League will not return after this week until December 26th. Holy shit, what am I going to do? All right. That was the Squeaky Bun Time podcast with Laurent Cortines. We are members of the Chop Sports Network and members of Fan Hub. So please rate and review the show. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Google, if you're listening on Podcaster, please, please rate and review the show. Plus, let me know if you want to join our fan hub group, our, our uh, sorry, not fan hub, our WhatsApp group, and you can join and talk shit with us. Okay, we'll see you on Monday, World Cup Previews. <laughs>